Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I'll be doing first round recaps in the West of just about all the series. I'll be doing Denver versus Minnesota. Also, their opponent, Phoenix versus the LA Clippers. I'll do a recap of the Lakers versus Memphis as well. And we'll look ahead to the Denver Phoenix series. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, back once again, your boy GD. This is the All Things Basketball with GD podcast. We're going through the first round we're recapping that and also we're looking ahead to the conference semifinals as well so let's not delay any further so let's get right into it we're talking about the west and we're going to start with the first team actually to win their series and that is the number one seed the Denver Nuggets beating the number eight seed the Minnesota Timberwolves Four games to one. How they did it. Denver wins game one. 109 to 80. And then game two they win. 122 to 113. They go to Minnesota. And they take that first game in Minnesota. 120 to 111. Then you have game four. Where Minnesota was pretty much fighting for pride. And they did that. Taking Denver to overtime and winning that game 114 to 108. And then back in Denver, Denver takes care of business 112 to 109. So, for Denver, Nikolai Jokic, I told you he had to have a strong series. He did that, nearly averaging a triple double. Solid from the field. Very good, actually, from three. And then from the free throw line, he did have a bit of struggles. He missed 10 free throws in this series, but that's a bit of nitpicking. All in all, he had a solid series. But the star was Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is all the way back, guys. There's no if and buts about it. He had a fantastic, fantastic series against Minnesota. Just solid across the board. And I tell you what, guys, when Jamal Murray is right, this Denver team is a problem. Michael Porter Jr., he had a good series. They're going to need him big time in this next series coming up. So he's definitely going to need to show up. Aaron Gordon, also, he had a decent series as well. Outside of that, you got guys like Bruce Brown, who had a good series. Catavius Caldwell Pope, Jeff Greens as well. So Denver looked like they're pretty much in the Catberg seat. So we'll see how it goes. For Minnesota, well, they did the best they could, guys. They did the best they could. Anthony Edwards just emerged in this series as a solid player. He's going to get himself in a bit of trouble, though, because as this game five ended, He was upset, so much so he threw a chair. The chair ended up hitting two employees in the arena. So he may end up facing some charges, guys. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that. 
apart from that, on the court, he did all he could do, guys. That's all you can ask of your young budding star. Carl Anthony Towns, he had a solid series. He was horrendous from three, guys. I think this whole notion of him wanting to be the greatest seven-footer to shoot threes, I think he needs to quell that for now. I think he's better off. I mean, if you want to hit, shoot him every now and again, fine. But this obsession with shooting the three has got to stop. I'll talk more about him in a minute. Rudy Gobert, pretty much doing Rudy Gobert things in this series. You know he's going to give you a double-double. You know he's going to be solid from the field. Free throw line is always a hit or miss with him. He missed 10 free throws in this series, so he is who he is. So, Michael Conley, I think he's slowing down a bit. In this series, he had his hands full with Murray. Yeah, Mike Connolly, he's coming down the home stretch of his pretty solid career in the NBA. So, with that said, what's next for Minnesota? Call Anthony Towns on the trading block. I heard that's the rumor coming out. And then Sean Devaney says that there's a number of teams interested, among which are, this is where I laughed, guys, the Knicks and the Miami Heat. Let me tell you why this is false, guys. The Knicks are coached by Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau, once upon a time, coached Carl Anthony Towns. Didn't go so well. So, yeah, I don't think that's going to come into play for the Knicks. So, rule them out. Miami Heat. Got a little problem there. Problem is, Jimmy Butler, who once upon a time was Carl Anthony Towns' teammate in Minnesota, called him soft. And he had the infamous practice where he took the four guys at the end of the bench and played against Carl Anthony Towns and the rest of the starters, plus a bench person. Jimmy Butler won the game in scrimmage. So, yeah, I'm not believing that rumor. You can sell me on a bunch of other teams, fine. But the Knicks in Miami, no. You can pull their name out of that. But for Minnesota, they'll have to begin to build around Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards. So that's your foundational piece. You're going to have to try and build around him. I know getting free agents to Minnesota isn't the easiest to do, but you know, you, you're you going to have to get creative. Whether it be trades, well, you kind of exhausted the trade market when you brought in Gobert, so... That's, I guess that's why a guy like Carl Anthony Towns is on the market. So you see what you bring back to pair with Anthony Edwards. So you're pretty much stuck with Gobert. I don't think he's going anywhere, guys. I think you made the grandiose move to bring him in. I think Minnesota and Gobert are married to each other for the next few seasons. So that's just the way it's going to be. So free agents, not a lot of major ones. Austin Rivers. Jalen Noel and Bryn Forms. So those are guys, bench filler that you can easily fill in to take over those spots. So then we'll talk about the the number four seed, the Phoenix Suns, over the number five seed, Los Angeles Clippers, four games to one. Here's how it played out, guys. The Clippers in Phoenix takes game one. You had Kawhi there, healthy and ready. 115 to 110. And then you have Phoenix taking game two. 
Kawhi's still there, but Phoenix gets the win, 123-109. to Kawhi is ruled out of Game 3, eventually Game 4, eventually Game 5. So he only plays two games in this series, guys. So, with that said, Phoenix takes the remaining games. They win both games at the Crypto Arena, where the Clippers play, take two of those games, 129-124, to and then... Game 4, 112-100, and then they come back to Phoenix to close them out, 136-130. to So so it's four games to one for Phoenix. In the Phoenix series, Devin Booker has a fantastic series, 37.2 points, where he scores 26 points, 38 points, 45 points, 30 points, and then in the clincher, 47. Devin Booker... Goes absolutely nuclear. And plays a solid series overall. He shot 60% from the field guys in the series. I mean, for his kind of shooting, that is insane. But game one, they kind of kept him at bay. But it, it just couldn't be contained, guys. So Then you have a Kevin Durant doing Kevin Durant things. Having a terrific series as well. Shooting it from the field. Solid as always from three, just about automatic from the free throw line. So that's Kevin Durant. That's who he is. So there's CP3, a solid game overall. Didn't shoot it that great from the field. And he only went to the line four times in this series, guys. So there's no CP of old penetrating into the lane and drawing contact none of that no no the guy is on the other side of 30 so he's not he's trying to preserve himself guys and then you have deandre eight who had a solid series in the middle and he was patrolling the paint and did well so can't take that away from him for the clippers remember they didn't have paul george he was supposed to be ready for the second round if they were to advance which that's asking a lot of a team just advance to the second round, guys, against Phoenix. It's okay. I'll be back for that. Yeah, that's not going to fly. And then you have Kawhi Leonard playing only two games. You know the knees. You know his knee issues and so forth. So much so, he's been called into question. Everybody's saying, you know, the load management thing isn't working. So on and so forth. So I'll continue with that talk in a minute. Norman Powell, he does as best as he could to fill in for what's missing there. So, he did a solid job in doing that. Russell Westbrook, oh my gosh. He had a fine series, guys. I can't take that away from him. He had a very good series. He just didn't have help. But, you know, you look at the numbers overall. From the field, you know what you're going to get in terms of that. It's not going to be pretty. But, you know, he's going to give it his all. Very excellent from the free throw line. You know, you cannot point a finger at Westbrook. He came to play in this series, so I give him a world of credit for this series. This series put him back on the NBA map, that's for sure. So, with that said, what's next for the Clippers? Kawhi's health in his future. What's going to happen now? And then it came out after the series that he has a torn meniscus in his knee. So, which, once again... You know, seem like I'm piling on, but the man keeps opening his mouth with ridiculous takes. Stephen A. Smith went as far as to say he's the worst superstar ever. Then not only he did that the one time, 
he doubled down on it. Even after he found out about the, the injuries he was going through. Even with what was going on off the court with his family. He doubled down and still said he's the worst superstar. Not only because of the availability. This was the second reason. Because he doesn't market himself. Again, we circle back to the bag. It's, it's about the bag now. Clippers knew what they were getting into when they signed Kawhi. I mean, did they think it'd be this bad? Probably not. But they went in their eyes wide open. And as far as this marketing goes, I'll give you a guy who wasn't the greatest of marketers. He hardly said a word, but the man showed up and played. And that's Tim Duncan. He wasn't the most magnetic character. In fact, I was talking to my buddy about this a couple of days ago. Think about the San Antonio Spurs. What guy over there during that dynastic run that they had, what guy was really a character? I find it hard to, uh, to even mention if there was a guy that was a character there. They didn't have him. So this whole idea about you can't market a person and that's the reason they're the worst superstar is absurd to me. I'll give you an example for today. Kevin Durant. The man says all he wants to do is hoop. That's all he wants to do. And no one says, oh, you should be a better marketer of your team. No one says that to Kevin Durant. And now he's having injury issues here and there. So come on, man. Let's, let's stop with hyperbole. I mean, I know you got to show. I know you got to say interesting things. But J.J. Reddick had to bring this up. The fact that you don't have any empathy. And I'll hark on the empathy part because Stephen A., when you went to Winston-Salem, you got accepted to that program. You busted your knee upon coming into that program. You weren't the same player you were after that injury. So you of all people should have empathy. So this whole idea, I could see if you said, oh, I found out about how bad the knee really is and about the family stuff. Maybe I should back up. You double down. That's just cold. But, you know, again, is the bag worth it? Is the bag worth it? I keep circling around to that. Is saying this kind of stuff, if that's what it takes to get the bag, I'm good. I'm good. Anyhow, so let me leave it right at there. Let's continue to talk about the Clippers and what they need to do. Will PG-13 and Kawhi ever be healthy at the same time? That's a legitimate question. I would think they would, but who's to say? Can't really say. And then you have Tyron Lue. Is he willing to stick around and wait for that to happen? Tyron Lue is a very good coach. We've seen him win championship as a coach. We've seen some of the job he has done. Take Russell Westbrook, man. I mean, this was a reclamation project that the Lakers couldn't figure out how to use him. He went over to Clippers and bang, Tyron Lou let Russ be Russ. And it worked for them. The organization saying, as far as free agency goes, Russell Westbrook is a unrestricted free agent. So is Mason Plumlee and Eric Gordon has a team option. They're saying all the right things. They're saying, if Russell wanted to come back, we'll welcome him with open arms. The question is, what's the market for Russell Westbrook right now? I think it goes up, that's for sure. But 
I think at this point, Russell holds all the cards because he's an unrestricted free agent, which means he can go any way he wants. Now, if you're Russell Westbrook, do you want to go somewhere where you can go and get numbers and continue to build on that? You know, get numbers, whether you have playoff success, eh. or you go somewhere where your services are needed. It's a playoff team that just needs something that could spark them, that can take them to the next level. Are you willing to do that? That is a legitimate question. So, I think, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what Russell's thinking right now. He could go any way he wants, guys. If I were him, now that's a different question. If I were him, I would want to go a place where they're a playoff team that just can't seem to get over the hump. Russell in Minnesota, maybe? That's a team that keeps bumping their head in the first round. Can't seem to get beyond that. That's a place he could go. I mean, Mike Conley isn't getting any younger. Russell Westbrook, you know he knows how to run the offense and so forth. I think at this point, he is willing to take kind of a back seat to kind of be a mentor tight to uh, Anthony Edwards. If he were to see a guy like Russell in the locker room, that would definitely help. So somewhere like there, that's the only place I'm thinking of at the top of my head. It could be others, but Minnesota immediately came to mind. So with that said, let's get to the series. It's going to be the number one seed versus the number four seed. Denver Nuggets versus the Phoenix Suns. I know a lot of people see this as an even matchup. What Denver must do to win. They got to neutralize KD and Booker. They have to make those two guys guard people. In order for, to do that... You're going to have to run offense for probably end up being Aaron Gordon. You're going to have to have Aaron Gordon make KD work. You're going to have to have a guy like Catavius Caldwell Pope make him work, make Devin Booker work on him. We'll see. I'm sure that's not in Denver's game plan, but you're going to have to do something to these guys to slow them down. Whether it's throw bodies at them or have them play defense. Another monster series you're going to need from Nikolai Jokic and from Jamal Murray. So those are going to make for intriguing matchups, which I'll talk about in a minute. And then bench production. You need guys like Bruce Brown to continue to bring something to the table. And you still have a Reggie Jackson there. You didn't really use him in the series against the Timberwolves. So maybe you need him here. Who knows? So what Phoenix must do. They need to find a way to get a win in Denver. In order to win this series, at least by my math, they're going to have to win a game in Denver. So far, they have a terrific home record. They didn't lose a game in the playoffs so far in Denver. So that's going to be a key for them. Phoenix must grab a win in that high altitude in Denver. So we'll see what happens there. And then they got to slow down Jamal Murray. You slow down Jamal Murray... Then you got a chance against Denver. So, key matchups Jamal Murray versus Chris Paul. That's going to be a matchup that I'm watching that very closely. Nikolai Jokic versus DeAndre Ayton. Seems like DeAndre Ayton has turned the corner. So, this is the ultimate test for him going up against the Joker. Booker versus Catavius Caldwell Pope. Bruce Brown. 
That should be of interest, that's for sure. And then KD versus Aaron Gordon. You might see a little bit of Jeff Green on him as well. So I think it's going to take a couple of guys to deal with Durant. So my prediction, I think it's going to be one of those series, guys, where the home team wins every game. And so if that's the case, I see Denver winning this in seven. Going against the green, guys. Denver in seven. All right, so then we have the last series I'll talk about, but I can't give a conference semis preview because two of the teams are still going at it. So the number seven seed LA Lakers over the number two seed, the Memphis Grizzlies, four games to two. Lakers take game one in Memphis, 128 to 112. Memphis comes back and wins game two, 103 to 93. L.A. goes at home and get a win there, 111 to 101. Then the Lakers win at home again, 117 to 111. Memphis, back in Memphis, gets the win, 116 to 99. And then the Lakers blow out Memphis at the Crypto Center, 125 to 85. So. Let's talk about the Lakers. LeBron James, he didn't have to, you know, go outside of himself. He played within himself this entire series, and he had a very good series. He didn't have to force anything. He was horrendous from three, though, guys. That's a bit of a concern. Missed 10 free throws. That's not good either. But LeBron got other people involved, and that's the important thing. AD had a terrific series, was a beast inside. Averaging over four blocks per game in the series. So he was a terror in there. Nearly 14 rebounds per game. But that's the thing. If AD is engaged, his engagement will be the barometer for how far the Lakers go. It's as simple as that. D'Angelo Russell, he started out cold in the series. But he began to come to life as the series began to wind down. And he had the terrific game in the closeout. So... D'Angelo Russell, I mean, another solid pickup by Rob Palenka at the trade deadline. So, Austin Reeves, he's had a coming out party, kind of like Tyrese Maxey. Very solid series for him. I believe a sign of things to come for Austin Reeves. For the Grizzlies, Ja Morant, pretty much doing Ja Morant things. Had a terrific series. He did miss one game with the hand injury, but played in five of the games. Desmond Bain played a fantastic series. Jaron Jackson Jr., he started out hot and kind of got a little cold as the series began to wind down. And then Dylan Brooks, the man with all the mouth. (sighs) Yeah, yeah. Not so good a series for him, that's for sure. So, And then mind you, he didn't talk to the media three of the four post games. He sure had a lot to say in that game five when they won making predictions and all kind of stuff. I'll talk about him in a minute. So, with that said, what's next for Memphis? I think they just need to get back a healthy Steven Adams and Brandon Clark. I think if you have those two guys, this is a much different series and one where I think Memphis could have got the win here. And then I'm expecting refocus and rejuvenated John Moran. In the post game. He blamed himself for how they faltered down the stretch. 
he took a lot of responsibility, and I'm so glad to see him do that. I really am. I'm rooting for this young man to turn things around because he's human. He made mistakes, but he's got a bright future ahead if he gets his head all right, which it looks like he has. He gets in the lab for the offseason, gets in there, begin working on his game, working on how he can make others around him better. I don't write this young man off one bit. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to learn from this. I think he's going to move forward. Definitely, I was very pleased with what I heard from him after this series. So, Memphis Grizzlies isn't going anywhere, guys. So, your free agent, Dylan Brooks. I talked about it in the Tale of Two Villains episode. What's going to happen with him? I don't believe he comes back. I don't believe he comes back to Memphis. I think they are better served to use their money elsewhere. I think he's done more damage than he's done help. So, I think they let him walk. They let him go off into the sunset. They have people who can fill his spot. So, I'd be absolutely stunned if he they were to bring him back. So, yes, but Memphis will be fine. They, they ran into this hungry Laker team. And however the Sacramento Kings and Golden State Series goes, whoever emerges from that, I think it will be just at the mercy of these Lakers. I think these Lakers are clicking at the right time. And I think they will get the win over whoever they're matched up against. If it's Sacramento, I think it can go longer. If it's Golden State, I think it's a short series. I really do. I think... The bloom is coming off the rose for the Warriors. If they were to somehow steal a win in Game 7 against Sacramento, I don't see them winning against the Lakers. That's just me. So, Alright, so I guess that's kind of a preview of the next series. So, that's it. I'm done. That's it. Once again, thanks guys for listening. Much appreciated. We're trying to get this out to you as soon as possible. And then we'll come back to you. I'll talk, of course, postseason awards, my thoughts on the winners, and you know I have some interesting stuff to say in that regard. So, and of course, more of the playoffs. So, again, all things basketball with GD.com. Find me on there, write a review, do all those things, YouTube, like the video, and so forth. All right, guys, I'm done. Thanks, and we'll talk soon. So, my peeps. If you like what you're listening to, you can go to my website, www.allthingsbasketballwithgd.com. You can also email me at thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. To support this podcast, you can go to my PayPal, and that email is thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. Also on my Anchor page, I have a support button there that you can also use to help the podcast. I'm on all the major platforms like Anchor, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon, SoundCloud, YouTube, CastBox, Radio Public, Podchaser, just to name a few. And also you can find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse, and Fanbase. So, once again, I thank you for listening and supporting this podcast. And take care and be safe.